I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up, and welcome to a bonus episode of Serious Issues, which is usually a weekly comic book podcast. But now it is a, what's it doing? Is it bi-weekly when you say when you do it twice a week, or do you say twice a week? I mean, let us know. Serious Issues <laughs> at kingscomics.com. My name is Andrew Levins. My co-host Siobhan Coombs. Hello, guys. And joining us today is uh, someone whose comic we just reviewed on the most recent episode. Uh, the comic is called Clever Man, and with us today is the writer of uh, Clever Man, both the comic book. And also the creator of the TV series on ABC TV, uh, we have Ryan Griffin joining us for the episode. Thank you. Welcome. Oh, it's awesome to be here. Um, it's awesome to read your comic. Um, Siobhan and I reviewed it on Monday in our most recent episode. Siobhan has watched all of Clever Man the series um, for reasons, and I swear they're, they're legitimate reasons. I'm not just making <laughs> terrible excuses while you're in front of me. I wasn't able to watch the full season. I'm halfway through it now. Probably going to binge the rest like by tomorrow because I'm hooked. Um, we both came at it from very different points of view. And there is like, you know, there's a there's this fear of cringe when you read something that is produced locally just because not as many comics are produced here as they are produced pretty much anywhere else in the world. And so going into Clever Man issue one, which is a prequel comic to the Clever Man TV series, which blends like the world of like dystopian superheroes with uh, the dreaming, which is the oldest form of storytelling and spirituality in the country that we're in right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I went into Clever Man kind of going, okay, like, you know, Open mind, you know, this is going to be like... So you read the comic first? Yeah, I read the comic first. Yeah, awesome. And, uh, man, I was thrilled. I could not believe... We, we talk a lot about, you know, regular serious issues episodes. We review every single comic, which means we review a lot of first issues by creative teams that haven't done many comic books before, but maybe they're, they're established writers, be they like novelists or, or, or script writers for TV or movie. And so I can't, I, you, 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 we see a lot of awkward comic books where you, you know the heart's there, but they haven't got anything right and I, and it's so much overriding where you're just like you know the the first page you can't see any picture for all of the word balloons <laughs> and uh that's what i was kind of like expecting i guess because you know there is a it's, a it's a huge world that you uh that you tell the story it's a massive within. transition too from writing for for television and writing for um for a comic it was a process that 
I didn't fully understand at first. Yeah. Um, you know, like you're saying, it's 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 when you when you go into that process, you you you, you want to kind of lean on your dialogue because that's obviously what you, you're doing in film and television. Um, but I also didn't um, know as a writer that you had to sort of be as detailed as the expressions on on the faces of, of the panel, you know, the characters on, on the panels and the size of the panel and all that sort of stuff. That was kind of new to me. I kind of thought it was just like, hey, let's just write the beats of the story of what I want to do, write the dialogue, and then we kind of hand it over to the artist and let them run with it. But it was it was a nice sort of back and forth and finding that right Yeah, totally. Blend. And um, it, you've absolutely nailed it. Like uh, the, we, the, the, one of the biggest things in comic book criticism is like um, telling instead of showing. You're meant to show instead of telling. Because you've got the artist there, and uh, the art on this book is by Emily Emily K Smith. Emily K Smith. Correct. Um, and uh, I just like you know, there's so so much showing in the in, in just the first four pages. I was just immediately like, oh my, oh my god, this is going to be a good book, and it was. It was such a you know, I, I came to it. This is my, my first. Six, I, I kind of know vaguely what Clever Man is about. Enough people have told me how much they love it, um, and I know Siobhan is a fan. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was hooked straight away from this first issue. So like you know, well done and on on on, on, no, make, thank you. on, on, on not making me cringe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a big thing because like you know I'm a I'm a huge comic fan. It was kind of like my first step into this sort of you know storytelling world. I guess um, you know throughout high school I couldn't read or write until I was you know properly until I was like sixteen. Right. Um, so it was kind of like that was my comics were my first step into. And it was weird as of all comics to to get. It was like a Simpsons comic. It was like <laughs> my first in. Simpsons comics are like yeah. such a gateway for so many people. Yeah, it was it was weird actually. The very first one it was um, Radioactive Man issue one. Sick. I have it, that one yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the glow in the dark cover. Yeah. 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 I've been uh, I've I've been moving things out of my garage and I found an old box from my parents' house and this is just just on su- on Sunday and I found all my old Simpsons comics. Uh, yeah, I've been rereading them. It's good. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really funny. Have you met um Dean Rankin? Who's like he's a local guy who does um uh, Simpsons comics and he does like Simpsons versions of people at cons. But yeah, he's got right. a, he's got a Treehouse of Horror um uh story coming out. One of the new. Amazing. issues which he's like super geeked about he's yeah. a dude he'd be at all the conventions I'm sure. well that was you know that, and I guess that was for me was why this was so important to, to nail the comic as as much as we could was um, you know it's it's about uh, firstly accessing um, allowing it to be accessible for, for young Aboriginal kids but then appease the pop culture audience at the same totally. time so and like we've already sold out at king's comics of all the issues this is amazing number one so which good. is like huge for a local issue and so we're getting more coming through and like i have um family members and stuff who have asked me to like get multiple copies for them to give to kids that they know like indigenous kids their school like my sister teaches and stuff like that so it's like there's a huge audience for this and there's a huge um across a number of different like sectors which is really cool amazing so what would you say your biggest, like, comic book influences were in terms of creating the world of Clever Man? Um, look, I guess for for me, um, oh, you know what, I probably couldn't pick, like, one. Or, um, I guess I, I'm just a huge consumer of mm. of all things, you know, this sort of pop culture world. Well, I want to know where you went after The Simpsons. <laughs> okay. Um, after, uh, well, after The Simpsons... Um, uh, I went, actually, I, I went um, real early issues of Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. 
Um, the Ninja Turtles comics are real good. Yeah, the original ones are amazing, like just phenomenal. Like outside the, you know, the nineties TV show, um, it was it was a, a real big thing to me, and I think that was that was the first time where I could see uh, storytelling done differently because mm-hmm. you know you had the the light hearted cartoon, but then you had the comic book, which was just dark and brooding and just had some amazing storytelling in it. Um, and uh, after that, I I started to read uh, a lot of Batman, and Batman had me hooked. And it was, mo- and I guess for me, um, you know, in throughout high school, um, those sort of Batman stories were, you know, it was it was dark, it was depressing, and it was like I I, I really liked the the Batman after he, he took the cowl off. That was that was the storytelling that I really really liked. Um, and then the other one for me. Um, was just how, you know, how crazy you could take your stories was, was Preacher. Sure. And that just was, I, that, I think that was the first, the first series that I just bought all the way through. Like, mm. As soon as I, it was out, I needed to get it and I needed to read it. Um, and I, you know, when I first started in the, in the film and TV industry, you know, it was always like, what would you like to see made? And I was always like, I want to see Preacher come to life. Like. It, you know, of, of all things that you just think are impossible um, to, to come to life, you know, that was a big one for me. And do you feel satisfied with the TV show? Uh, look, I think it's <laughs> as close as you're going to get to what... Yeah. <laughs> um, I was actually watch. I watched the first two episodes of the second season last night. Are they better than the first? Because I made it through the pilot episode and I was like, I don't need to see any more of this. Oh, you should watch it all. I, I don't know. I, I, I'll watch anything even if it's shit. Like, I'll watch it all the way. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like that, but I read anything even yeah. if it's yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's it's actually one of the first series of a, a comic adaptation that it still feels like I'm in a comic world. Mm. You know, like they still have, you know, like when they chuck the text up on the screen to to show you're in a different location and and the colouring and all that, it, it feels like it's a comic world. And for me, I, um, you know, I, that's what what drew me into preacher. I, I, they're never going to be able to do achieve the things that they do in the comic. Um, uh, but Arse face looks pretty accurate though. Arse face was amazing. <laughs> was I was like, I was so surprised by how like was, well they managed that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was beautifully done. Like I, I think you know there was, um, you know in the the first episode last night uh, they they just the opening scene just took a complete turn and it felt like you were watching, um, you know an eighties cop chase. You know they went like the full film. F- um, filter and everything and, and that was kind of I was, I felt myself just sit, sitting there smiling and I think that's what I got out of the comic was just you turn the page and there was just something completely stupid that it took you on and you know I, th- I think that those are the that, that was probably the best adaptation I've, I've felt one of the major differences between comics and like TV or movies is that comics have kind of a limitless budget in terms of what you can show on the page was that fun for you in terms of writing the clever man comic to be able to maybe go a little bit further yeah absolutely i think um you know there's a, a fight scene in the comic book that's like you know two pages and it was first like the it's like page three and four yeah. it's like so good yeah amazing. and and it was um you know for me it's it's that sort of um stuff that um i really enjoyed doing you know you you have the you know especially making content in australia you have a limited budget to achieve these big fight scenes or these big um you know as an example um, the, the the fight the fight scene in the first season of, of Clever Man, um, we had enough people to sort of only fill one side of the ring, 
Right. So then you, you turn and then you go, okay, everyone take a step forward and if you're at the front, go all the way to the back and then turn again. And, you know, if you're, like there's some there's some crew member in there and like I'm there just to fill the spaces. So it's just, you know, we're here. You just get to really just take the, the action to wherever you want to go. There's no budget. No budget. <laughs> um, so Clever Man for a lot of... A lot of kids in Australia is going to be like the first kind of superhero that they'll be able to, in some way, relate to. Growing up, what was? Do you have? Do you have a first instance of, of when you saw an Aboriginal superhero or, or or a character in a comic book that that you were able to kind of identify with it in any way? Not really. I, th- I think for me, it's still it's still out there for me. Mm. Like I remember the first time that um, I followed the journey of of Manifold. And again, his journey is only a side story to, to the Avengers and what was going on in there. Yeah. Um, but They've been very broad about his backstory as exactly. well. Sort of like, he comes from the desert. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I bet, you know what? That's uh, way more respectful than we've seen other characters oh, absolutely. in the past. Absolutely. So I kind of like that. Um, but I, I guess, you know, for me, I was just... And I, that's why I was, I was really excited about seeing um, what they did with the, the crew. And in, yep. in hopes that I might get to dive it deeper. He still hasn't showed up yet, and it's still not there. And well, and and not going to be there. It's, they've stopped. Yeah, they've cancelled. They've cancelled the. the, the well, issue. we're going to get six six issues all up. Yeah, right. And I, I'm sure he's going to show up in the, before the end of those six issues. Yeah, well, I hope so. And I hope, I hope you know we we delve a little bit more into him because I think. Um, you know, I'm always trying to champion someone to sort of turn that into a show or turn like just his character in itself is is has the potential to be something really exciting. For He's it. so good, and more 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 writers are using him. And a lot a lot of more writers of color are using him as well. Obviously, Tanahisi Coates is a fan of the character. He's shown up in Black Panther and the crew, but also recently, um, David F. Walker used him in Occupy Avengers mm-hmm. and he was like just like really really dirty towards Hawkeye yeah he's yeah really <laughs> I think he's, a, he's a really good character that, that, I, that I would love to see explored more have you considered pitching to Marvel a, a manifold oh, story look, a manifold I, script I'd love to I'd, and I I wouldn't even know how I'd go about that um, you know it is um, something that there's you know a few of, of a few of us in the industry have always talked about like mm. how do we go about it like I know a lot of black fellas who worked on Thor um, were in their ear while they were up filming and sort <laughs> of going you know and sort of saying you know what you should do you should try and, um, but you know I, I, I think that it's, it has just so so much potential it's kind of like um, you know with, with Clever Man we have a um, a unique location that no one's really used in this in this world so mm-hmm. um to really delve into that um would be would be amazing i think yeah there was a um did you read batman and rob sorry uh grant morrison's batman run within that he, he starts batman incorporated which is a, yes, batman yes. all around the world and he told there's a one shot that he tells like and it's batman and, and it's the ranger is it the name of the australian batman yes I remember that Dark actually, Ranger, Dark Ranger, and that's yeah. actually quite a good story. I remember like, like, there's, there's a lot of like boomerang stuff in it, and I like, was like, "Oh God, here we go! This is going to be <laughs> yeah, real yeah. bad." But it's actually really good. Grant Morrison is a pretty okay handle. Well, I think um, you know I, I get asked this question a lot because you know there is uh, Aboriginal superheroes. That, that, you know we've got we've got Manifold, uh, we've got um, Bishop, um, we've got Gateway. Like they've they've all they're, they're out there. Um, and it's a great article. Um, I can't remember who did it, but it's it, it's, uh, it's outlining kind of like all of them throughout history. From yeah, like, yeah. You know, condom man in adver- advertising. To yeah, exactly. Mm. And yeah. I, and but a lot of them just feel like it's a you know their culture's like a Google search deep. You know, it's a quick 
once they get the page to a Google, it's all, it's all over, you yeah. know. So um, I think the the big thing for for me and and why it's exciting to be doing Clever Man is because we get to really put that at the forefront of, of 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 that world. Absolutely. So let's talk about Clever Man just quickly for those listening that may not be uh, familiar with the show. Um, I, you were mentioning beforehand, like lamenting in a way that you know your your role on the writing team is trying to push the superhero stuff as forward as as, as possible, but it, uh, it's not the most prominent feature of the show. The clever man itself. Can you explain the concept of of a clever man? Yeah. So um, culturally, a, a clever man is kind of um, like a simple way to put it. It's kind of like the Pope of the dreaming. Mm-hmm. You know, he's someone who is appointed by by other um you know of, of the other clever men in, in the clan and he's a, a healer he's a spiritual man he'll teach those of the clan you know reasons why they may be sick if it's you know what you're eating or if it's a, a cultural reason why you're sick um or on a spiritual level um but kind of early colonization that was kind of like the first thing to go um as soon as you bring in um christianity it was kind of like it was that that position was was wiped out real quick. Um, so it's it's um, you know culturally sensitive content. You know it it, it is it's often um, men's business. So it's only initiated men can sort of talk about it and go through it. So it was a big process to try and get uh, a lot of the elders on board to allow us to to tell that sort of story. And that's exactly what you don't get with these Aboriginal characters in comic books that, like you said, are just a Wikipedia search as far as a backstory. You, you guys delve deep into the cultural significance of these characters in Clever Man. Yeah, I think, well, you know, this is... It's it's what makes the, the show unique. Like, we, we have the oldest culture in the world and... Um, no one else can tell that story. Yeah. So, if um, you know, it's it's the the storytelling of oppression or the the other or the superhero is is what makes us universal. But what makes us unique is is the Aboriginal storytelling elements. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm only halfway through the season. My apologies. Um. But uh, I I guess I, I was expecting the superhero stuff to be way more prominent. In this, I know you've just wrapped wrapped filming on uh, on season two. Yeah, you, how, how's your agenda going? Pushing these superheroes? Forward? Oh, look, I think um, <laughs> for, for me, the the first season is kind of for me. It's always been about um, it, it, it's probably that two minute montage sequence in a in a feature film where the superpower uh, the superhero realizes their power and they go out and test what they can and can't do for me that's the first six episodes of clever man is that mm-hmm. you know um of him understanding what's bestowed on him and, and what he he can and can't do and, and learning those powers um to really owning it um it's kind of the great power great responsibility arc yeah absolutely and i think that you know in for season two you know um we 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 dive into that a lot more. So he's he's more active as, as a superhero. Um, you know, I got to I got to finally get him in in his version of what a a costume is. Yeah. Um, so so you, you have you have like the origin story for this 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 clever man superhero, and then you also have um, I guess your take on 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 mutants in a way where you have um, uh, is it like is it like a genetic involvement or um, no so in um, in Aboriginal cultures um, we have the the, the hairy men which is um, one of the big things for me in using it in the series was um, it's quite universal throughout um, all the different Aboriginal countries within Australia um, 
you know, they you go to some countries and they're friendly, some are bad, you know. So that was the first um, the first dreaming story that we wanted to bring forward into the, the show. Um, and mainly, you know, because of what you're saying is that, that um, the parallels with the mutants um, is that it, it took us away from telling a, a real specific black-white issue. Um, you know, like we've taken this around the world now and we have people comparing it to um, the Arab-Israeli mm-hmm. conflict, they connecting it to the Syrian refugees. So, you know, that's that was like the, the big thing for me um, is to, to make sure that they were always in there for that, that reason. Yeah. What's the reception been like, just because you bring up, like it's been extremely successful internationally and for any of our... Um, international listeners, you can watch the first season of Club Man on Netflix. Um, has, what's the reception been like internationally as opposed to in Australia? Uh, we have a we have a, a much bigger following overseas than we do at home. I found that so interesting when you yeah. came in for the signing. How few people had heard of the show? Yeah, I was like, this is a big, <laughs> this is a big show. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's um you know like it's we. We have a, a really strong fan base, and, and predominantly that's um, an international fan base. Mm. Um, they're the ones who, you know, are, are diving deep into the stories. They're doing creating gifts. They're, you know, they're doing the whole, the whole thing. Um, and it's and it's and it, again, it's it's them connecting to the the story of the other of being the outsider. Um, you know, it is hard. I guess. I guess. You know, even even myself for a, for a while there, the the idea of Australian. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Film or pop or pop culture content, like you were saying earlier, was that is can come across as just dross and you just mm. don't really want to be involved in it or it's just a bad bad word and so people kind of hear that and just will never give it a shot um and that was the the number one thing that i would talk about in the writer's room and, and throughout the whole process of creating the show but for both seasons is like number one thing is we don't we're not making australian television that's mm. you know what we keep trying to, to bang home to all of our cast and crew um but, you know for for that reason because i think um 
you know, we, we're making, you know, we're making Thor and all that in this country. So it's not like our, our, our cast and crews can't create that content. It's just, you know, once they feel it's Australian, they, they, they step away from it. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, the um, I I really think like you know you would have made it for a fraction of of the cost of what the Netflix Marvel uh, series <laughs> are getting made mm. for. But I found that those you know the entry point that first episode is always like kind of the worst episode of the Netflix series, um, of the Marvel ones, and like you get hooked so quickly to Clever Man. I think it's it, it really. It speaks volumes on, on what a quality program it is. I'd much rather watch this than all these other superhero shows I've, I've like sat begrudgingly through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's, that's good to hear. Like, I, I, it is a you know, um, I think it's really interesting because we we a cast and crew kind of realise that we're, we're trying to make something special and we're dealing with special stories, and so everyone sort of comes through and and just brings their A game and mm. and you know we're getting to work like we're, we're working with. Weta who do Lord of the Rings like you know so they're they're doing they've come on board and just you know lifted out our production you know so much you know pushing it further than we could ever done in in this country it looks amazing amazing for an Australian like that was the first thing that I noticed when I was watching it was the effects and like the um like the makeup and all that kind of stuff is so so good for a local program yeah like we you know we had um well um Weta had people had a team of people who would um, literally weave one strand of hair into these stockings at a time. So they just had a, like a production line of, and they were getting hair, and you know that was real hair, you know, mm. from around the world, and and dyeing it and 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 weaving it into these these costumes. It was and the costumes are incredible. Yeah, and and again, it's you know. It's more exciting, you know. Next um, season two, we get to push that even further. We, you know, if you, you notice in the first season, a lot of our, our hairies are, are, are living within the city. Um, we step outside of that, so we get to you get to see full full haired yes hairies and, and living traditional ways, which is awesome. who we who we're introduced to in the uh, in the in prequel the com- comic. Yeah. So the, the the comic, which is going to be a three issue arc and then collected as a trade, uh, it's being put out through Gestalt uh, Press. Um, uh, yes, yeah, is a is a prequel to the television show, and we are introduced to um, a few characters that I, I I guess are related to other characters that we've seen within. Yeah, the show. so we we um we we start um, which is it's it's interesting for for some people who like yourself who are reading the the comic first. Um, I'm going to finish the show by the time the second <laughs> issue actually comes out. So. If, if if um for those who watch the the first season, we have a character called Malian who is played by um, Adam Briggs. And um, he has a, a um, what is perceived to be a child throughout the series, um, but in in the comic issues you find out that it's actually his nephew. Um, so it's 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 a journey that sort of goes uh, and tells different sides of the story. And then we also introduce um, a, a new character called Charlie, who is played by Clarence Ryan, who is part of the Bindaru clan who live outside of the city, um, and that's introduced in the second season. Cool. cool. Was that a, like um, was that a consideration? Because I find a lot of the time with comics that are sort of tie-ins to established TVs or um, movies, TVs, TV series or movies, um, it can be a little bit like it's not really new reader friendly. Whereas this is like such a great jumping on point for new readers while also being satisfying for fans of the show. Was that something that you had thought about, or is that just... Yeah, like, um, the big thing for me is, you know, when we first sort of raised the idea, um, people were discussing it just 
just doing the show again. And I didn't want to do that at all. I think it was, you know, it was getting um, the readers who are, who, are, who are fans of the show, you're giving them nothing new. Mm. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was a, it was a, a way of just trying to find... Um, you know things that worked in the show that weren't weren't answered. We could we could, we could backfill them a little bit in the comics, uh, and, and also allow us to sort of project some storytelling for 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 later seasons. Uh, I, I think it was, it was it's 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 quite fun doing that actually. We we were um, you know I was writing the um, the first two issues while we're in production on the second season. So I was like we, I'd go to set and then. You know, um, when we sort of finished, I'd quickly come back and do maybe an hour or two in, in the office and I had all the, the story points up on the board um, to just, you know, maybe knock a page or two out a day and then go back. Wow. As a, as a, and it's kind of cool because you, you're kind of immersed, you know, you're like you're walking around the sets with all these characters. It's <laughs> kind of, it makes it easier to write, I think. So we, we spoke about, you know, other superhero elements that, that, that we wanted, that you were hoping to bring into the further seasons, but you also mentioned um, that... The hairy people. That's the first story from the dreaming that you that you you know wanted to tell with Clever Man. What else from from the dreaming? Are you, are you do you plan to bring to the show? Um, so in the first first season, we had um, we have the creature called the Nomorador, um, which is you know um, from from the Northern Territory, um, and that was that was a creature that was you know it's it was brutal. It was it's something you know like around the world you know they got they got dragons and all that sort of thing, and this was our version of that that's sort of never been put on screen. Um, but we also use some of this, the, the um, dreaming stories like um, the reason why the crow is black um, as a backstory for our character. So so Waru actually means crow in my language. So, um, well, in um, if we was to say his name in a Western way, in, in um, tradition it would be Wadu. But, like, it was... Um, Again, it was sort of shaping how his journey throughout the the show. He becomes the jealous one. He becomes you know excluded from all the other people, just like this, the traditional story of the crows. So I love the, the the sun and the moon story, describing them as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know these these are um, these are just elements that we wanted to keep on feeding throughout the this, this series, and, and we do do some more of that in in the second season too. Because I, yeah, I mean, growing up in Australia in the eighties, you were exposed to these quite watered down stories from yeah, the dreaming that, that you know, and uh, there are collections of books that I don't think are in, in print anymore because they are. It's like they they weren't ri- they were written by white people. Yeah, well, like, you know, that was a big thing. Like when when I first pitched the idea of Clever Man, it was a, it was a traditionally a, a kid series. Um, it was, and I had called it Dreamtime Detectives, <laughs> and, it, and it was. Um, is about you know the, the two brothers you know Cohen and Waru who were you know solving mysteries of like why the kid have its spikes and and things like that. Uh, that um, also sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I would also watch that. Um, but uh, again, um, when you, you when you go back and you look at the stories, um, you, you, a lot of them are quite they're quite brutal and a lot of the things end in death. So you you know to try and transform that into a. Um, a kid series, you know, you can't have a kid go to the shops and buy some, like, steal some Mars bars, and then his parents kill him on the way. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how our stories go. You know, yeah. it is it's so brutal, and it was about, you know, you l- you learn life lessons a lot tougher in these these stories. So, um, you know, it never felt right, and we had the broadcasters, you know, realizing that as well. So, you know, we slowly aged it up and aged it up until we got to that nine 
30 times. Oh, that's so fascinating. Have you spoken about that before? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we've, yeah. We, you know, we've, like, we, we've had like some small, small discussions around it. It, was, it is a big... It was a big journey for us of, um, you know, it's, and, and kind of why it's sort of take, taken us seven years to really get the show out there um, was because we went through that that whole process of finding the its right spot. And as soon as we kind of hit that that more adult time slot, we, you know, it all opened up for us and we, we knew what we wanted to do. Did you have a moment growing up where, you know, you would be watching Play School? Like that's where I used to, you know, they, used to, they would read a story the dreaming on, on play school every few episodes which is like a, a kid's you know a preschool kind of uh, television show where you would hear a version of a story that you'd heard from family and it'd just be completely wrong um no i think it was it was more like i think the the biggest um thing that you realize is uh, there was a, a big series of bunyip books that came out around in you know, mm. the mid nineties, um, and it was just the friendly bunyip. But the bunyip story <laughs> was about you know stopping kids from going to sacred areas and yeah. you know the water holes where you weren't allowed to play because you would spooky. get eaten. You know? I have such a spooky bunyip story from when I was growing up that I just bought a copy of for, for my um, unborn son. Oh, and it's wow. like, Amazing. it's really awful. Like, it's really terrifying. Well, that, like, it's the know, best, but it's the, like, yeah. I'm going to scare this boy. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, you know, th- I think that was the, the big thing for, for us. And, and that's why it was it was so hard because, you know, we, we were trying to, um, trying to find a way to tell these stories in a Western format. Because, you know, you have, that, you have those elements that you have to deal with, but you also have uh, a big thing with Aboriginal storytelling is that, these stories are, are, are told to you um, by an elder. Like, you earn the right to hear these stories. You, you kind of don't get the right to sort of go into a library and grab a book and go, oh, I want to learn this now. It's kind of like your time to hear this specific story. And when mm. you hear that story, that's it, the end. And now you have to take that. You don't get to go, well, why does this happen? You know, like if, you know, the, the sun and the moon or, or if, if a, um, a man... Um, set fire to his son and his son climbed the tree and then he's now the, the son that's it and and you had to sort of interpret it and learn from, from that um, where in western storytelling you get the answers by the end of the, the the book so there was a lot of things that we you know had to really you know I fought for a lot of, of certain things that um, you know you never really hear the answer why and and one question everyone asks in the in the, in the series is where did the hairies come from and I don't think we'll ever answer that because for that for that reason they, um, when they when these stories are told to you they're up in the hills and that's where they come from yeah cool that's awesome I also love the idea of um, viewers having to earn the right to watch the second season of no, it's it's a it's a big thing for us. It's a big thing about um, throughout the whole the whole process of, of storytelling and and um, really finding um, the time for for it to be right. Actually, you know, um, again, we as a as an idea in the first season, um, we have the Nomorador and and it's slowly drip fed to the audience instead of putting it there out on display in the first episode. It's a, it's a build-up for that reason. There was so much stuff in the show that I was so, like, blown away by because I didn't realise that you'd been hinting at it throughout the whole series. Like, when you realise that it's so much about, like, land and stuff like that. I was about to yell <laughs> yeah, sorry. no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, but when you sort of... And you realise, like, oh, shit, there's been all these, like, cranes everywhere this whole time. Yeah, yeah. And you were just like, oh, I'm so dumb that I didn't <laughs> notice that. But it was so it was so cool and it was such a satisfying reveal. Um 
that wasn't really a question. That no. was just a thing that I thought <laughs> I was impressed by. <laughs> yes, well, whatever. I know it's my own it's been out for, for being so slow. <laughs> so when does the second season air? Uh, we we have our um, premiere uh, tomorrow, actually, which is the 29th, I think. Mm-hmm. End of June. Um, and uh, and uh, it's actually, we go day and date with the States. So this, um, That's the awesome. States sort of go at our lunchtime here. Um, and then and then we'll go at 9.30 at night. Does Hunter Page have a huge following internationally now? Because he is very tumblerable. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, I think uh, bo- both the boys are actually, you know, they're yeah. both, they're just crazy talented at what they're doing, and they're both and passionate handsome. about, <laughs> and they're good looking, yeah, they're good looking boys. So it's it's about, um, you know, I think Hunter, you know, he's he loves the, the comic book world as well. So you know, when when we're um, when we're talking about doing some superhero stuff, mm. he's all, he always get a text from him. He's like, okay, so what's you know what's next? What can we do? Or um, you know, when we go out to to set and we have a look at the stunts, um, like I'm always there trying to push the stunts as, mm. as much as we can um, awesome. to help him out um, and also to get those comic elements. Um, so you sound extremely busy writing the, the comics and and the show, um, and and of course producing it as well. What are you are you managing to read any any new comics that come out at the moment? Um, not not really. Actually, I, I started um, American Vampire the other week, um, and that's that's been uh, filling the the you know the cab rides or whatever um, <laughs> in, in between. Um, but it's just a, a lot of. Uh, a lot of TV at the moment. I, I kind of try not to watch anything while I'm in production. Mm. Um, and then, because then you watch something, you go, that's amazing. And then you try and figure out how you can do something <laughs> like a, similar. Um, so uh, I'm just catching up on a lot of television, actually. Are there any of the superhero TV shows that you've been particularly impressed by recently? Um, well, I, I, was, uh, um, I was watching American Gods. Which oh, pretty, I still haven't watched that. That's like pretty high up on my list of things yeah, to watch. Yeah, um, you know, it feels, it feels really good. Um, you know, I think you know it's it's so so hard taking. I, I still don't feel like a, a superhero or a comic um, adaptation has ever felt right for me. The I, only yeah. one that I can think of that's been like perfect for me from comics is Josie and the Pussycats, which no one <laughs> no, no one will agree with me on. <laughs> 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 it's oh, yeah. or, or you have the case of them kind of taking like just the very essence of of a character or or. A, or a run and, and doing something completely new with it, like Legion did earlier in the year. Did you watch Legion? Yeah, yeah. I, I really loved that, but it was nothing like anything you've ever read in an X-Men book. No, exactly. And I think it's, it's I don't know, for me, um, I think the closest thing that I've, I've, I've gone to, like, really feeling something was was Logan, but, but that's because mm. it, it was a personal story, where it wasn't like, they weren't just set on just a whole heap of fighting. Um, there was a bit of a personal story there, but at the same time, you still got to see Wolverine act like Wolverine in the comics, mm. which you've never got to see before. It's because saving the world is boring, but saving yourself is always very riveting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's so weird that they've never gotten the X Men right. It's the easiest concept in comics to like. I love nail. the first X Men mm. movie. The first X Men movie is fine. <laughs> yeah, actually, no, yeah, I like the first one too. And, but I, you know, I think that maybe more more nostalgia than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, this, this is the first one where you're like, holy shit, they're doing this. Yeah, like, you know, it just has such a good pace. That's what yeah, I like yeah. About it. No, the I think it was so good. stupid. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today. Um, so uh, yeah, Clever Man season two starts this week. 
So make sure you uh, you catch up on uh, season one if you're dumb like me and haven't yet, especially if you are listening uh, from elsewhere um, outside of Australia. Actually, it's probably more likely that you are watching <laughs> it rather than our Australian listeners. If, if, if you haven't watched it, absolutely watch it. Give that first episode a chance. And in and Australia, you'll get straight away. you can watch it on ABC iView at the yeah. moment. Yeah, the whole season first is. season's on there. And, and the second season will join it very um, soon. On Netflix. Netflix. Um, and of course, uh, Clever Man, uh, the, the prequel comic book, which uh, just came out. Um, it's straight up just called Clever Man. That was going to be, have like a little like. No, we were thinking of, of, of giving it, you know, having a sub sub name to it, but I, I think it was it was just a, a an easy way to get in, and um, when people open the the first the first page, it's not the story that they're expecting. Yeah, um, so that, that's out, that's out now through Gestalt Press. Um, you. Uh, could possibly get some copies at Kings. Are you going to get some more copies in? Yeah, yeah. We've already put in another order, so you can order it through kingscomics.com and we will have that filled for you ASAP. And now once the three issues come out, hopefully a trade will come soon after that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a trade. I that, think that's our, bi- that's our big goal. It's yeah. really exciting, man. I'm so excited. Uh, please write more comics because uh, you've got, you've got an... And sorry, we, we didn't credit your co-writer, which is... Uh, Wolfgang. Uh, Wolfgang. Wolfgang, yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who is uh, the the owner of uh, Gestalt as well. So, oh, cool. Has um, he has he written many other comics? Or? I think he, I think uh, he's 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 more he works along the side, you know, alongside all of his his writers to get it right. And I think you know he he was uh, had a big hand in helping me shape um, to transform this in a, a readable way for our for our artist Emily to take it on. Um, otherwise, it would have just been just the story that I wanted to tell yeah, and sure. nothing more. <laughs> No, um, man, it's a killer first issue, and I really but, hope you write more comics. But I, ho- I hope we do. I, you know, I, um, you know, I, I'd kill to, to be able to write Manifold or, mm. or any of those sort of characters, or even, even a, a, ba- a Batman story. Is for me, it's just trying to get personal in comics is so much, so so fun. Unreal. Well, Ryan, uh, we can find you online. Is it Ryan J Griffin? Is that your, your that's t- it yeah, at Ryan J Griffin on Twitter? You on Instagram too? Um, and the same one. Find Instagram. him there. Uh, and you can <laughs> Keep find, the brand simple. <laughs> you can find Serious Issues online, facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. I'll join our group and talk about this episode and other episodes and comic books all the time. Serious, uh, facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast. If it's the first episode you listen to, uh, every week Siobhan and I review pretty much every comic that came out each week. It's a long, exhaustive, minimum two-hour <laughs> weekly episode, uh, and it's a very good guide to what's good and what's bad that's coming out each week. So uh, please uh, listen to more episodes. And uh, we'll be doing more interview episodes uh, later in the year. I'm going to try and aim for one a month with uh, different creators that we're big fans of. So thanks, Ryan, for kicking off our first serious well, interview. Thanks for having me. Oh, by the way, they're called, they're called Serious Interviews. Nice. Is that good. a good idea? Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, uh, we are funding, funding these through our Patreon page. So uh, if you want to throw us a couple bucks so we can do more content like this, find us at patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. And uh, Siobhan and I are just about to record another episode now about all the graphic novels we've read in them last month. Woo. So uh, long they're recording for us. Uh, you can find Siobhan online at SiobhanCBG and I'm at LevDog. Thank you so much for listening and thanks to Ryan. Thank you. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want.
it's, it's up to you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.